The last few Wednesday nights, we have been pursuing uh, a subject that uh, came alive to me a few weeks ago. It was an article in the National Geographic about the fire that destroyed uh, Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris. The world stared on in disbelief as it, as it cratered, and uh, after all of the uh, devastation of the fire was finally uh, put out, the challenge became what they were going to do next, and then the aftermath of trying to figure out a way to rebuild it, how to do it, because it was a complex building. Um, it was built in uh, the 1200s, uh, but at that particular time, it was not a simple building. It was not simply constructed, but in many ways, Notre Dame, uh, the, the architect and the builders had pushed the envelope in building this particular uh, place of worship. And uh, materials that were used were stretched to their limit, actually beyond their limit in many cases, but uh, they, the way they had interwoven all of the pieces, the complexity of the building raised the level of stress uh, in how it was going to be rebuilt. And so it, it became an issue of coming up with a plan uh, of doing that. And so they called in experts from every field imaginable, scientists, designers, uh, engineers, craftsmen, stonemasons, and so forth, all for the purpose of rebuilding a human structure. When I read that, I thought, oh God, how much more are you concerned about rebuilding and reshaping the masterpiece of man that you created? And that's been my desire to help us see something in Scripture that would cause us to view our lives differently and in doing so give us greater purpose. It was my desire and it is my desire tonight so that you would realize just how God looks at you. Not how you look at yourself, not how you view yourself, not how you feel about yourself, but how God feels about you. Ephesians 2 and 10 is our scripture and we go back to it tonight. For we are God's workmanship created for good works. We are God's masterpiece. And I believe tonight that it is imperative that you and I understand how God views us, not how we view ourselves. Because everything in my life usually is based on how I feel about myself. But somehow God has to transpose our thinking so that we can begin to look at life the way God looks at our life and to understand how God thinks about us and to know that he feels toward us the way that he does is so important. You 
are God's masterpiece. You know, that's difficult for most of us to wrap our mind around because it is, it's just too hard for us to comprehend that we are something of that value. But we are made, we are designed, we are caused, we are created, we are completed, we are formed by him. And all of those terms speak of intent and purpose and precision and deliberation and meaning and significance and value. If you can allow that image to capture your imagination, imagine with me, if you could tonight, God bending over the clay and then with the detail and the intricate parts began to form man in his own image, the care in which he did it and the details in which he put into the human body is still staggering to mankind who studies it on a daily basis. Now, I know that most of us have a difficult time embracing that idea of being a masterpiece. We simply do not tend to see ourselves in that framework or in that light. We, we don't feel like we're a masterpiece. Most of the time we feel messed up or broken or we feel like we are a failure and we feel more like a mistake than a miracle or a masterpiece. And, and yet what you and I have to understand tonight is this is not about how you see yourself or how I see myself. It is not about what I think about myself or what you think about yourself, but it is in fact what God sees in me and what he feels toward me and the way he thinks about me. I am his master work. And because of what he sees in you and I, and because of the way he feels toward you and I, he is willing to invest himself in restoring and reinvigorating and re-energizing and fulfilling and helping us find our divine purpose. You must understand tonight, and I, I wish that I could come through this camera into your living room right now and help you understand that God does not see you as a problem. He sees your life as a canvas. He views you as clay that is moldable and, and, and he wraps his wet hands around that clay to form it into a vessel of purpose. You see, God is not trying to solve the problem of me. God is trying to help me discover my purpose, my reason for being here. He didn't come to solve mankind. He came to save mankind from his failures. God 
is a maker. I wish you would say that to yourself right now. God is a maker. He builds. He constructs. He quickens. He is working on us right now. He is working in us right now. This is putting his mind and his thought and his intention and the concentration of his will upon this matter, this body, this substance, this material. And he's doing it with design and with a divine purpose. His thoughts, the making of are the making of an ordered system or what is known as cosmos to make an ordered system out of the chaos of my life. That is what God does because he is a maker. He is a creator. He is not only the creator, he is the master creator. He is highly skilled and he knows what he's doing and he has the ability to do what needs to be done. He is the God who restores. And I would that I could magnify that word in your mind and heart tonight, that he restores. He restores. It means to return something or someone to a previous condition or to bring back or to give back to someone or to put back into someone, putting back something into us like self-worth or a sense of purpose or meaning or value. That is what God is up to tonight in your life and my life. He is the restorer of masterpieces. He is the restorer of things that have been tattered and torn or things that have been dirtied or sullied by life. God is in the business of putting it back in order in the way it should be. I love the idea that God wants to give back to us. He wants to give back to us. Joel said he wants to give back to you the years that the canker worm hath devoured. You know, I asked the Lord one time about that. I, how can you get something back that's been eat up? And while I meditated upon it, it seemed like the Lord spoke to me and said, you misunderstand what I'm saying there. When I say that I'm going to restore, I don't mean I'm just going to bring back what was eaten up. But he said, I'm going to make your life so blessed from this point forward that when you look back to where you came from, you will realize that this is better than that ever could have been. He wants to give back to us the things that belong to our peace. He's a restorer of masterpieces, and you are that masterpiece tonight. You have to see that and understand that. And you know, one of the things that we talked about in the first uh, message that we brought to you is that in order to restore a masterpiece... You first of all have to see the need for it. And not only see the need, but you 
You, you have to have a love for that task. And I talked to you about that a couple of weeks ago. And then you have to know how to do it. You have to have skills that will enable you to do it. And you have to have a plan on how it is to be done. Those three things I want to talk to you a little bit about tonight. You see, one of the issues that they discovered in restoring or trying to think about restoring Notre Dame was in finding workers with the skill level to know how to do what needed to be done. Because the artificer of that day, the the masonry and the craftsmen of that day, there was a skill in their talent that that was has been lost somehow through the, the 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 machinery that has taken over in our world. And there are very few men left in the area of Europe where they're looking to that have the skill level to even know how to put those stones back and to bring together all of those beams and 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 all of the pieces that go together one of them said this they said it, it's of course technically feasible but you won't have the same fabrics nor will you have the same craftsmanship And when I read that, I thought, oh, Lord, that's the real problem right there. It doesn't matter if they even had the material. If they didn't have somebody that knew how to do it, they wouldn't be able to reproduce it. The reason for the difficulty is that the original makers were missing. Well, I have good news for you tonight. I have the greatest news and that is this, that our maker is still very much alive and well. The creator of my life and your life is still alive and he is still working and he's not lost his skill. He has not grown old. He has not grown feeble, but he is ever the same and he has a reason tonight to want to work in my life and your life because I am his masterpiece. Amen. Why is that so important tonight? So you and I can recognize how God feels about us. I don't know why I want to keep coming back to that, but I feel urgently tonight. I need to make somebody aware that God has some strong feelings toward you because you are his master work. Of all the things that he created in the beginning, nothing matched you. Nothing matched the detail and the care in which he created you. He spoke all of the world into existence. But when it came to you and I, he bent over and with his hands, he formed that clay. And with his skill and talent and knowledge and wisdom, he formed man in his own image. To understand that is to understand the reason why he has gone to such extents to redeem us and to save us. He has a plan for you and I tonight. 
Jeremiah 29, 11 said, For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. First Peter 1, 18 through 21. He said, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation, Received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in the last time for you, who by him do believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in God. God has a plan to do it. He has a plan in which he is working out the rebuilding and the bringing back into my life things that have been lost or things that have been destroyed by my own failure. God has the ability because he has a plan. And when you've got a plan, you have a purpose. But you know what? Just to have a plan is not really sufficient If you don't have the power to do it, amen. If you don't have the power to do it, having a plan without power would be the most frustrating madness in the world. But I'm telling you tonight, God has the skill to fix what is wrong with my life and your life. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you should ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Jude 1.24 Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. God knows how to fix what is wrong in my life because he is my maker. He is my creator. Amen. He has the power to do it. Brother Landon so ably pointed out last week the potter Jeremiah was taken to the potter's house to see a lesson in life. And while he was there, he watched as the potter worked with the clay. And the Bible said he made it a vessel. He, he, he was designing a, 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 a piece of, 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 of pottery that would be used and purposeful in life. But as he was working it, he found there was a flaw of some kind in it. And I noticed when I read that again today, what care God put into building and designing that vessel. What care God puts into your life and mine. God is not careless in his actions toward me, but he is so careful in all that he does, working and molding and shaping And even when something comes up in my life that seems to thwart the purpose of God or frustrate his plan, the Bible says,
said he stops and he pushes it back down together in a lump and he makes it over again another vessel. This is what the Lord spoke to me today and I want to share it with you. He said my failures and my flaws cannot limit his ability to help me. Amen. My failures and my flaws cannot limit his ability to make me again because he has the skill to do it. God knows how to heal the brokenhearted. And Luke chapter 4 verse 18, he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind and to set at liberty them that are bruised and preach the acceptable year of the Lord. I looked at that verse again last night early this morning the word anointed the Greek word is chero which conveys the idea of contact he is in touch with my life God knows how to touch my life he has the desire to touch my life his intent and purpose is to lay his hands on my life and heal my brokenness. The word anointed comes from the root word, which means to handle. And literally it means to furnish what is needed or what is lacking. It speaks of the action toward an object. God's hand is upon you and I tonight, working in our life, shaping us and molding us. And even when there's a flaw or even when God runs up against something in my life that resists his touch, he still has the skill and the ability and the means to bring me into his divine purpose and he does it with such care he wants to lay his hands upon us tonight and they're tender hands you don't ever have to be afraid of the hands of God you don't ever have to be fearful of God's hand upon your life years ago I I bought a a, a puppy from uh, a, a lady and the puppy had been severely abused and when you would walk in when a human would walk into a room he would run over into a corner and he would just begin to shake and tremble and if you happen to reach toward him it just magnified his shaking and trembling and he 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 was terrible it was horrible to watch and I, I remember deciding that I wanted him and I brought him home we named him Toby many of you may remember Toby but uh I will never forget what I had to go through with Toby to help relieve that fear. When I reached for him, instead of him shaking and quivering, he, he soon began to relax and embrace my 
hand reaching for him. He was not afraid of me because he realized that I was not going to hurt him. I was not going to harm him. And you and I need to understand tonight that the hand of God that is reaching for us right now, the hand of God that is working in our life right now, we don't have to be afraid of that hand. God is not going to hurt me. He is not going to harm me. He is only going to help me. Amen. God knows how to mend tattered nets, torn nets, because life is tough. If you don't believe that, look around right now. We're in places we never dreamed we would be in, having to deal with things we never dreamed we would ever have to deal with. And life has a way of tearing holes in our life. And God knows how to mend those tears and put us back together. First Peter chapter 5 verse 9 and 10 in the message translation says, So keep a firm grip on the faith. The suffering won't last forever. It won't be long before this generous God who has great plans in Christ, eternal and glorious plans they are, will have you put together and on your feet for good. He's got the last word. Yes, he does. I'm so glad that God has the last word in my life and your life. Not my mistake, not my failure, not my sin, not all of the heartbreak, not all of the tearing apart of life, but God is going to have the last say in my life because he is my Master, He is my creator and I, you are his masterpiece. Never lose sight of that fact. Never forget that he is rebuilding you. You are a masterpiece. He is not going to throw you and I aside. God goes about putting our lives back together with the greatest skill and purpose, giving us his love, giving us access into his presence. God, the great artist of humankind, is still at work right now in my life, and he is working to return some things to you. He is working to give back to you some things that you've lost. He is working to re-energize your spiritual life and reinvigorate your soul and to help you understand that you were created for good works. You were created for a divine purpose. You see, it's not about how you feel about yourself, but how God feels about you and how God thinks about you that you should be concerned. You are God's masterpiece. You are God's masterpiece. Because he created you. Not only that. But what he has said about you in his word. Over and over and over again. Should underscore the fact. That his working in your life right now is for a reason. The songwriter of old said it like this. Deep in the human heart, crushed by the tempster. Feelings lie buried that grace can restore. There was an old man who was an engineer of a riverboat in years past. 
His old boat was tattered and beat up. And because of its condition, he didn't really worry much about it. He just let it go and let it be as it was. And as you can imagine, any boat or any life or anything left to itself over time begins to show the ugliness and the wear and the tear. The engines were grimy and they were ill cared for. The, the floors of the boat were dirty and soiled and the paint was beat off by all of the knocks about in life. And he, he seemed to have no concern or care about it until something happened in his life. This old engineer was soundly converted and became a believer and this transformed his life. And it was amazing, but the first thing that he did after his conversion was to go back to his ferry boat and began polishing its engines until every part of the machinery was shining like a mirror. He swabbed the decks. He repainted all of the, 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 the knocked off paint and brought it back to its pristine glory. And one of the regular passengers noted as he came how different the vessel looked. It was not grimy and dirty and ill-kept, but polished and everything sparkled on it. And he said, what in the world have you been up to? And the engineer said, I have been about cleaning and polishing these old engines I, I want to make it look better. And he said, sir, why have you done that? He said, because I have gotten a glory. I have gotten a glory. And because I have gotten a glory, the way I look at my life and the way I look at the things in my life has a whole different perspective. You know what? If you and I could ever understand that you are a masterpiece and, and let that influence your thinking, it would change the way you act. It would change the way you talk. It would change the way you live. It would change the way you feel about life right now. And if you would understand that you not only have a glory but you are a glory it'll change the way you treat yourself it'll change the way you feel about yourself it will change the way you treat other people amen because you are God's masterpiece created in Christ for good works amen I wish you would say it with me I have a glory Amen. I have a glory. I was created for better things. If I'm not living where I need to live right now, I need to get on my knees and I need to talk to God and ask him to help me and restore, revive. If, if my joy has been taken from me because of life and its circumstances, I can, I can go to him and pray as David prayed. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Praise God. I wish you would join together with me right now. And let's just pray that God would give us a new understanding of who we are. Not to boast of ourselves, Not to give us pride in who we are. But to give us a sense 
of purpose. That we are not here as an accident. We are not a mistake. We are not a miserable failure. And it doesn't matter how many times I may have stumbled. My failures cannot prevent and cannot limit what God can do in my life to restore me. Pray with me right now. God, I, I, I need you. And I pray that tonight you would minister in every home, Lord. I, I feel incompetent at this moment. I feel powerless. But you, God, are not limited by space and time as I am. You are in their living room right now. And I am asking you to lay your hand upon their soul and upon their mind and upon their spirit. And God, if they are struggling tonight and they're battling things that they don't know how to overcome, help them to realize that you are the master creator. You're the master at all things created. And you know how to fix us. You know how to put us together. You know how to make our life work as it should work. You know how to put us where we need to be. And I'm asking you to do that tonight. I am asking you right now, God, to lay your hand upon every heart, every backslider that's watching right now, every cold heart, God, that you would awaken something, that they would feel your tender hand upon them as the clay feels the hand of the potter molding and shaping, and they would not resist, but they would yield to that in the name of Jesus. Let your blessings be upon our church, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen, amen. Praise God. Thank you for being tuned in tonight, looking forward to this coming weekend. I can't wait to see you. You have a great evening. We'll see you Sunday. God bless you.